Before we get today's episode started, I would like to thank Chris Panner of Rowan Athletic Communications and John Maldonado of Rowan University Football for helping make today's show happen. Cue the music. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents the Rowan Sports Review, a weekly program that brings you up to date on all the exciting news of Rowan University Athletics including recaps and highlights, player and coach interviews, and a preview of upcoming games. And now, here's your host, Rowan Radio Sports Director, Danny Ryan. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. Danny Ryan here at the WGLS-FM studios alongside Rowan University football star wide receiver, John Maldonado. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend some time with us here at Rowan Radio, John. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem, man. So you're coming off an extremely explosive week against the Springfield College Pride. Second Pride team you faced in just two weeks. Faced Widener week one and took care of them to improve to 1-0, but... A few weeks ago at the Rowan Football Media Day at Coach Richard Wacker Stadium, we talked about the potential this team might have on both sides of the ball heading into the 2022 season. Three weeks later, here you guys are at 2-0, a big win against Springfield stemming from training camp. What improvements have you noticed personally from yourself along with the team after working all summer long to improve? Well, uh, personally, I think just getting more uh, technical with my craft and stuff. You know, we got a new wide receiver coach, Coach Ty, you know, give a lot of credit to him, you know, uh, working with us wide receivers and getting us just better at our craft. But as a team, I think we just really saw us really start meshing and uh, gelling together. You know, during camp, we had a really uh, a high-energy camp and um, very competitive, very competitive. There were some times in camp where, you know, it was really offense versus defense. We're like, obviously, we're teammates. We love each other. But, you know, there were some times, some practices where we didn't like each other and we were getting after it. And I think that was really what was our really key for us, for our team, and uh, really brought us together for the season and really, you know, gave us a little bit of swag and a little chip on our shoulder going into the season. I think that was the, the biggest thing. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned just getting into it with your own guys. When you can get into it with your own guys and show that, you know, on either side of the ball, offensive or defensively, that you guys can succeed just against yourselves and you're treating it like a real game situation. I mean, that has to apply once you face Widener, Springfield, and then coming up, Salvia Regina. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, all camp we were talking about how excited we were to finally, you know, see a different color jersey because, we, you know, we were, we were battling against each other all camp and, uh, you know, it takes a toll on you, but, you know, it also builds you up from that excitement for another team to come into town and to see, uh, you know, your brothers on either offense or defense, you know, get after it. And, you know, you're happy for everybody to, you know, do their thing and be 2-0. and It must be rewarding, too, when you do get to that point in the season where you see your brothers doing that on the field. And, you know, it was a little bit of uh, you know, blood boiling at one point in camp with those guys, but now you're seeing them succeed. The work you put them through is making them better. How awesome is that? Yeah, it's amazing. You know, I told them in camp, I said, you know, in practice and in camp, I'll be your worst enemy, but, you know, in the game, I'll be the first guy to to scream for you and support you, especially defensive guys, you know, the DBs, obviously, because us wide receivers and DBs, you know, a lot of spend a lot of time together in camp, and that's where, you know, we got a little chippy, and, you know, I, I love the energy, but I, was, I told them, I'll be the first guy to cheer you on on the sideline. I'll meet you on the field if you make a big play. That's how excited I'll be for you. So I think it was great. I think it really, you know, built us up and uh, got us ready for the big stage. You know, I mean, iron sharpens iron. And I think, you know, that's what we did all camp. Yeah, no doubt about it. And it really has translated in the first two games between the Widener Pride and the Springfield Pride. And you mentioned you'll be the first teammate to go out there and celebrate should one of your guys make a big play. Well, your teammates have been doing that a lot for you so far this season. You've gotten off to electric start, reeling in 14 catches, 216 yards, and four touchdowns. Your touchdown mark through just two games is projected to blow out your touchdown mark from last year at seven. I mean, what has been clicking for yourself personally out of the gate, and what do you think allowed you to explode for three touchdowns against Springfield? 
I think personally, you know, just getting getting the matchups we want. Obviously, you know, seeing a little bit of not double coverage, but you know, safety over the top help. And um, but then you know, our offense as a whole, we're able to you know get at the matchups that I want and that we want as an offense, allowing me to get one-on-one matchups with corners. We didn't get good field position off off the beginning, and then I think once we did, and like I said, we were able to find matchups and you know, use the uh, run game to hold the safeties uh, inside the box. You know, Huz did a good job, you know, with the play fakes and uh, drawing them up. And obviously James and uh, Jawan, you know, running the ball the way they do and the offensive line getting the push they get really makes my job a lot easier, allowing me to get the one-on-ones that we want. At this point in the season, too, I mean, it's still early on, so teams wouldn't be considering double, I mean, maybe triple coverage at that. Um, but you said you get a lot of coverage opportunities in which you really thrive on, you know, one-on-one, whether it be a young corner and a veteran corner, you're still able to beat them out, you know, down the field, down the sideline and finally get into the end zone. What is it going to take for teams to finally start double teaming you permanently or triple teaming you with a safety over the top? I mean, that you've shown just through two games, four touchdowns, it's unbelievable. They have to adjust at some point. Yeah, I think, I think they will, but I think, um, the beauty of our team and our offense is that when that happens, we have other guys that will be able to make big plays for us. And we've seen that already in the two games that we kind of, they have to pick their poison with us. You know, if they want to drop back into coverage and, you know, try and stop the pass game, you know, we're just going to bully them up front with our big guys and with James and Juwan. And when they want to stack the box on us, you know, we'll spread them out and we'll throw the ball to not just me, you know, to CJ Barrett, who had a couple amazing plays for us in that Springfield game. And then guys like Eddie uh, and Terry, who also can be dynamic with the ball in their hands. Well, I'm glad you mentioned James Fair and Jawan Hayes in that run attack because that run attack was really just Jawan Hayes all of last season. A little bit of I Freaky Andy mixed in there, but James Farah was beat up uh, during the middle parts of last season after that first game, kind of got hurt after exploding against Widener and then never really saw the same James from there on out just because he was battling with those injuries. But now he's healthy full-time so far. He has been explosive, and Jawan, I mean... He had, I believe, eight less attempts week one against Widener and had more yards than James on the ground. Those two, that dynamic duo has been explosive and I'm sure has made your life so much easier. Yeah, you know, and I love it. I love uh, and getting involved in the, in the run game, you know, blocking for them guys and you know, seeing them break off runs. And yeah, it definitely helps, helps me out, makes my job a lot easier because then teams have to stack the box on them. You know, they're running downhill hard and uh, just two different dynamics. You know, on the walk over here, I was talking about how you know, Tiki, who might look a little undersized, but, you know, he runs hard. He's a powerful runner, and he does not go down easy. And then, you know, James, you know, he's got a little elusiveness in him. You saw on the 95-yard touchdown, he's fast, faster than I think people, a lot of people think. And, I mean, he'll, he'll run into you too, but uh, just a great dynamic between them two and um, definitely make my job a lot easier, allowing me to get those one-on-one matchups because teams have to, you know, respect the run game for us and bring more guys into the box. And you mentioned that speed on the 95-yard touchdown. I guess you could call it a pass. It was really a pitch-off to James over the middle of the field, but yeah. once he got that out side positioning to the right when he was down the sideline around I guess around the 40 yard line he put on a different booster there man I mean the turbos were out yeah you know we talked about it after the game he said uh he he tried really hard not to look back he said looking back makes you slow down so he just was eyes on the end zone and just was was trying to run as fast as he could and I mean he took off he really is really fast I really have not seen that type of speed from a Roan football player aside from yourself at times Eddie Jamison and really just but just James shows that consistent speed week in and week out when he's really clicking so love to see him clicking in the uh, running game and overall just keeping the pace of this offense steady you're not relying on the deep balls to you 24-7 although it may seem like it because you're still 
still succeeding in that area, there's so many more options in your uh, offensive attack, so it really makes your job easier, like you mentioned. I do want to go back to the Springfield game very quickly and talk about your honors after the Springfield game. You finished with 115 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, that earns you New Jersey Athletic Conference Offensive Player of the Week. Just one week after your QB1, Mike Husney earned the same honor. Rowan's two for two so far in the end, Jack, this season. How do you feel about that? It feels great, you know, and uh, we just talked about before we got on air, you know, we're uh, trying to keep it in the family here, you know, hopefully somebody else can grab it next week or maybe Hus can grab it again or myself, but, you know, we love to see it and it just shows, you know, how great our offense is and still can be, you know, we have a lot of guys that can be big playmakers for us, so hopefully another guy can grab that honor next week definitely looking for uh, one of the younger guys like Eddie Jamis and Terry Carlstrom or even you know a veteran tight end like CJ Barrett who had a big game against Springfield last week to continue the uh, brown and gold pride in the NJAC Offensive Player of the Week honors but just going back to yourself and Mike I mean back-to-back Offensive Player of the Week honors something's going right between that connection I mean you talked about on the first or I believe it was the second drive in the Springfield game Mike drops back in zone end zone and just throws an interception and gave Springfield terrific field positioning they scored a touchdown immediately after that was the only hiccup I really saw in that Springfield game, you guys seem to be coming out here with a different consistency. You look much more polished on the offensive side. And while that may be due in part to the running game really succeeding or the younger guys emerging and you know attracting some defensive coverage, regardless, you guys have looked terrific. What has been the thought process? What has been the talk in the locker room of just how you guys have been clicking? Uh, I think just you know keep doing what we're doing. Like We're going to dictate the game we're not going to let a defense dictate us and um we we are very 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 confident in what our offense can do both running the ball and throwing the ball so we're just going to go out there and you know call what we call and execute and that's what we've been doing you know we haven't really been doing anything too crazy too fancy we've just been doing our regular offense and, and it's been working for us and I think that's what we're going to continue to do and uh, obviously you know grow with it a little bit you know branch out a little bit but I think we're just really confident in uh who we are as an offense especially you know we have a lot of uh you know, veterans on the offense, a lot of guys that are returners, you know, we played together for a long time now. We have a very uh, experienced offensive line. That's really where it starts. You know, them guys up front, you know, really smart, really strong guys that are really winning the offensive line almost every single play. So it starts from there. And then, you know, with Huzz, you know, being in the offense for, I think, three, maybe three, four years now, including the COVID year, Mm -hmm. you know, he's really, really confident in his reads and everything. And then having myself on outside with uh, CJ, you know, just guys that have been with us for a long time now. And then, you know, everyone's just, we're really clicking. Everyone's really gelled together and we're really a, a really one unit. So talking about the 2-0 and start again, and we've harped on the offense the, really the entire interview because of how impressive the offense has been has been uh, so far at this point in the season. But I want to talk about the defense a little bit. Mm-hmm. Against Springfield and the Pride, Rowan allowed 35 points at Springfield's triple option attack. You have another triple option attack in a date with Salisbury in week eight. How is that experience hopefully going to help the defense learn how to treat a triple option attack? Because you guys still won by three points, but only three points. Mm-hmm. You'd like to make that lead a little bit larger when you face Salisbury in week eight. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, obviously we'll take the win. But, I mean, it wasn't the prettiest win, you know, on both sides of the ball. Obviously, offensively in the early game, we had some hiccups. And even later in the game, you know, we had some drives where we uh, didn't perform the way we wanted. But I think, you know, with that kind of offense, you have to just bend, don't break defense. I think that's what we did a good job of. Obviously, we got in a hole early, but the defense definitely bounced back. And it's huge to be able to see a team run triple option, you know, early in the season. Just get that on film and just learn from mistakes uh, from that game for when we do uh, face Salisbury. You know, it's just really hard with that offense. You have to really be um, 
strict with your responsibilities. You know, one one guy doesn't do his job, and then they can gash you open with you know with a run. So, just uh, really being really sound. I think it's huge for us to be able to you know get that win against a triple option team. You know, feel that confidence against a triple option team. Know that we can stop them, and we can uh, be the team that runs it. And just being able to you know look back on it, learn from it, and uh, build better. Uh, scheme and game plan for Salisbury. And it really is tough to compare Salisbury and Springfield because of how unique, you know, their triple option attack is in each uh, system kind of, I guess you could say. So it's you can't really look at Springfield's game plan and just okay, this is cookie cutter for Salisbury. Mm-hmm. They're a completely different team. They're in the NJAC, so it's a different type of atmosphere mm-hmm. there as well. You haven't faced an NJAC team quite yet. So that kind of leads me into my next question. After your out-of-conference win against Springfield, the team has the week off in the midst of a bye week. Uh, next week, you face Salve Regina for your first home game here in Glassboro. Still, after next week's game, you will have yet to play an NJAC game. You'll go to Newport News, Virginia uh, to face Christopher Newport the week after that to face your first NJAC opponent. But, I mean, what would it mean to go 3-0 and starting off the season before you even face your first conference opponent? I mean, that would establish a lot of momentum, I'd have to imagine. Yeah, for sure. It would be huge for us. And, I mean, that's the ultimate goal. You know, we're taking it one week at a time. But it definitely would be big for us, I think definitely a big confidence booster and I think um just keep adding on to our you know, our confidence and our swag and I think um we get this win next week against a team that you know had a, a crazy comeback game on us last year you know put 50 points on us last year so you know we're, we're really excited to face them again this year especially for the home opener you know we we owe them one for sure but it'll be huge going into the uh conference play three and oh you know obviously just for the sake of being undefeated and just for the confidence for us and our team. And I think we go into the conference play 3-0, and you know, I don't think a lot of teams are going to want to really stand in our way. No, they're not. And then at that point, you really would become a serious threat for the NJAC before even playing a conference game. So that leads me uh, into my next question. We'll ask that after we get back from break, but really it's going to allude to if the props are going to be serious threats in the NJAC this year. 2-0 start is fine and dandy. It looks great to first start off the mm-hmm. year, but you have to keep it consistent, and we know yeah. you guys are willing to, but it's time to start talking about will the profs be a threat in the NJAC this year to win it, to win it all and really make the playoffs, and I'm sure you'd love that in your final season here with the profs, right? Yeah, most definitely. You know, it's the last ride here, so we want the ultimate prize. We're going for it, and um, I think just our upperclassmen, you know, we have a lot of upperclassmen, a lot of leaders on this team. I think we're all doing a great job just keeping everyone focused. Like I said, we're in a bye week right now, and you know, two and zero looks good, but those two games are gone. You know, and with a bye week, you know, we might not have wanted it right now, and maybe slowed us down a little bit. But I don't think it will. I think it just give us our rest and um, just keep everyone focused. That's what we've been trying to harp on. You know, keeping everyone focused on the ultimate goal. Last week and Widener, them games are gone. We celebrate on Saturday, Sunday. It's a new week, and uh, that's our been, been our mentality all all year so far. So we're just gonna keep going on that, and we're really focused on Salve and our home opener. After a two and seven season last year, I'm sure Rowan fans are extremely happy to hear that, and uh, definitely look forward to what the season brings. We're going to head to a quick break, but we have more with John Maldonado, our special guest here at the WGLS-FM studios here on the Rowan Sports Review. Before we go to break, though, it's time to check the WGLS community calendar. Help families in Gloucester County become and stay homeowners by helping out the Gloucester County Habitat for Humanity. Join teams of volunteers to build a home for a family in need. For more information, their website is gc-habitat.org. Once again, gc-habitat.org. This community calendar, as always, is brought to you by Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for community news and information. Don't go anywhere. More Rowan Sports Review right after these messages. Tune in 
to Rowan Radio for a community affair with me, WGLS-FM Public Affairs Director Megan Steckler. Each week, I'll discuss with local and national newsmakers topics that affect you and your community. Get a closer look at these important issues from the people who know them best. That's a community affair the third Saturday of every month at 9 a.m. right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM and also online at rowanradio.com. Are you struggling with vision loss as you get older? Do you have a child who is blind or losing their vision? Are you a blind person wondering how you'll succeed in school, at work, or as a parent? We can help. The National Federation of the Blind knows that blindness doesn't have to keep you from living the life you want. We invite you to learn more about us and how we can help at nfb.org. The National Federation of the Blind. Live the life you want. Tune in to the Roan Report every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Join me, Allie Bruce, and the rest of the Roan Radio news team as we bring you a recap of weekly news covering local, national, and international stories. Plus, we'll take a look at sports and entertainment news, too. For news around the region and around the world, listen to the Roan Report every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM and online at roanradio.com. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS FM. You're tuned in to the Rowan Sports Review with your host, Danny Ryan, and my special guest for today, NJAC Offensive Player of the Week for Week 2, John Maldonado, as we rekindle things back here on the Rowan Sports Review and uh, look to close out the show. John, we talked about before break, really just the NJAC and the profs being a real threat in the NJAC this season. I mean, starting off 2-0, you can't ignore that. And we kind of harped on really just how you guys haven't even played in a conference game yet. This is something the profs really aren't used to as far as not playing in a conference game at this point in the season. So far, I think that the team looks as talented as ever, and I think that they could really, you know, if not win the NJAC, make the playoffs and make a deep run. What do you think about the profs winning the NJAC? How does that sound to you? Just like those words in general, the profs are the 2022 NJAC champions. How huge would that be? It's, it would be huge. It sounds amazing, you know, and uh, that's really, like I said, our ultimate goal. We, we really have our eyes set on that prize, and um, I think we really, you know, obviously don't like talk too much about you know, the future, but I think we really can do it. I believe in this team, and um, I believe in our coaches, and I think we all believe in each other. I mean, it's only been two games, but, you know, it's a glimpse of what we can be and what we can do, and obviously we're only going to keep working to get better and better so I'm excited for conference play you know it brings a different atmosphere you know you see those guys every year so I'm just really excited and I mean we owe a lot of teams a lot of payback from last year of what they did to us so we're just excited we're really excited for conference play to get going and you know I talked to Mike Husney last year and one thing he kind of harped on was and even Ryan Murphy from the Roan baseball team it just seems to be regardless of what sport it is and jack play is much chippier much more competitive and you're really just looking to put your heart on your sleeve as you're out there every single conference game. Would you agree with that? I mean, you seem like you bring it every game regardless of the opponent, but at the same time, there has to be a different vibe, especially if you know some of the players on the other side of the ball. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, like uh, we played the same teams last year out of the out of conference games, but it's just it's different when you're playing those conference games. Obviously, there's a little bit more meaning to them. I mean, every game matters, but you know, for the NJAC championship, those games mean more, and it definitely gets a little chippier. You know, you. You know, everyone's, we're all fighting for the same prize. So uh, definitely 
enjoy playing in those games and enjoy, you know, competing with those guys in those games and trying to get wins. So a big piece of getting you guys to that stage and getting you guys to have that much success is going to be the defense, obviously, this year. We talked about the defense a little bit and how they fared against Springfield, how they could do against Salisbury, learning from Springfield. But I want to talk about the defensive backs a little bit. One specifically, A.J. Curvin and his gang of guys back there. They've done a terrific job, at least I think, so far this year in comparison to last year. They really didn't have the best of success last year. The secondary looked kind of weak, but this year they've come out with a different motive, and it looks like that's a secondary that you can rely on to win you games late in uh, ball games. Yeah, for sure. And uh, just like uh, how I said for the offense and the whole team, they they have a different energy and a different swag this year, and I, I love it. I love it, and that's why you know all camp I said we were kind of getting after with them guys, and because there's some dogs back there, and I think. You know, last year they were, we were as a team, but they in that position they were really young. So I think this year, you know, everyone getting that experience under them and uh, getting their feet wet in college football, you know, definitely helped out a lot. But you know, we got some dogs back there, and they got a, we got a lot of guys that can play. So it's a pretty deep unit, and um, I'm excited. I I told you earlier, I said uh, those are the guys that we got after with in camp. So I, I love seeing them make big plays, and I love you know hyping them up and being their number one supporter on the sideline because we need them for sure. So the profs and the Rowan University football team have had the same conductor for, I believe, 21 years now and head coach Jay Corsi. This season, in comparison to last season, there's a different feel. We've talked about that. What exactly would you say is different in the locker room this year in comparison to last year? You might have more talent, but just from the message that Coach Jay Corsi is pushing out there, I mean, you guys seem more motivated, more energetic, and just more willing to put your body on the line to make these plays. And it has showed on the field. I mean, you're 2-0 for a reason. What has his message been like if it's been different to all this year? Um, I think it's just been, you know, payback. I mean, that's what we've been talking about a lot. And I think everyone's really hungry. You know, we, we don't want to go down on the on the losing side of things. You know, it's not a it's not a good look for us and for Rome football. You know, Rome football has been known for, you know, winning. And uh, we're trying to just right the ship and get it back. And I think as a team in the locker room, we're just um, we're hungry. And I think, like I said, we're, we're way closer. Obviously, we were close last year, but we had a lot of new guys, you know, majority of our team were new and obviously we were close with them guys but just you know getting that year and then getting another training camp in with them guys you know really helps out a lot and I just think everybody is really like it's really a brotherhood this year you know you know you see in the locker room you got offensive guys defensive guys you know like going back and forth but it's all play it's all playful and it's good you know it's good camaraderie and it's just great to see you know everyone clicking and um we're just hungry I think we're a hungry unit and I think we're just gonna you know not being satisfied is what I've been trying to preach to the guys like I said earlier we celebrate the game on Saturday and Sunday it's on to the next one you know we're not satisfied we can be better every week so and it can get hard to really keep that mindset and keep the motivation and you know that way when you're also a student athlete I mean you were constantly balancing a ton of classes along with uh, other extracurriculars other things in the community and then you have a personal life as well with a family I'm sure a significant other at some point you know here and there but um it can be tough as a student athlete and to be able to have that mindset in your senior season you must be proud of yourself i mean growing up in glassboro your entire life having gone to glassboro high school being a three-sport athlete there and now doing it on the gridiron here for the profs you must be proud of yourself i mean think about it if if you're let's say seven-year-old self was looking at you right now it's like okay john maldonado senior year at rowan university has the profs in a 2-0 position they're a serious threat in the NJAC this year and he might win the NJAC in his senior season what would eight-year-old you say 
I think he would be really excited. Uh, it's funny you say that because for some reason I was just thinking about that. I think I saw someone, you know, post something about their their eight-year-old self, how they would look at themselves. So I was just thinking about that in the last couple of days. I think he would be excited, obviously, probably proud of himself. But um, I got to give it up to a lot of the people around me. You know, it's not just myself and that, you know, whether it's my family, whether it's the coaching staff or the, the guys I play with that line up next to me. You know, it's not it's not all just me. You know, I can't do it all myself. And I give a lot of credit to everyone around me and my supporting cast. Yeah, I mean, definitely been a really homegrown story and a great story. Uh, obviously, everyone loves to harp on the, you know, John Maldonado, star wide receiver from Glassboro. But yeah. truly, I mean, it is a great story and how far you've come at this point, staying in the same uh, town and really just succeeding here in Glassboro. It's definitely something cool as well to see Rowan kind of evolve through your years here. I mean, when you were a little kid, they were not near the college they are now. Yeah. The football was probably is still as talented, mm-hmm. but not nearly the college they are now. What's that been like to just see Rowan evolve as a uh, a university over the few years yeah it's been crazy i mean i can remember when i was little it was really no i mean not no rowan buildings but very little compared to now you know rowan's everywhere now you know almost every single house around town is a a rowan house or a college house so you know it's just crazy to see how fast things are going for the university i mean it's it's great it's a great thing to see and it's a great thing to be a part of and uh, to represent especially on the field and off the field you know in the classroom and you know getting a degree from here it definitely is a great thing to represent so there have been talks about, you know, we, we were talking about Rowan expanding and stuff, and there have been talks about Rowan possibly going D1 and making that jump. I know this is your you know your last hurrah here with Rowan football, but how bittersweet would it see or would it be to see your college, Rowan University, go D1 the year after you graduate? I know it probably won't happen that soon, but like five years down the line, yeah. how bittersweet would that be to see? Yeah, it definitely would be. I mean, um, it would be great to see for the, the guys that follow me and their chance, you know, to play Division One ball here at Rowan. Um, and there's nothing. I mean, obviously, everyone wants to play Division One ball, but I, it's not. I'm not taking anything away from my years here at mm-hmm. this Division Three school. You know, I think Division Three gets lost, and as the real grind. You know, we don't get nearly as much. You know, gear. Uh, you know everything just gear money facilities everything you know the big schools you know they they get they get a lot of those guys not that they uh, don't work hard either but I think you know for D3 you know you really got to love it you really got to love the grind so I'm not taking anything away from that yeah you earn it here at D3 as well and honestly call me crazy and you know correct me if I'm wrong but I feel like you might establish just a better camaraderie with the guys in the clubhouse because you're all you've got and you've all you need and you know that's what it is at the end of the day you're not at a D1 school where all you know college football game day is at your campus Mm -hmm. and you're getting covered by all these media outlets I mean you are all you have and you know that you're probably going to be I mean uh, barring a you know a scout coming to Rowan University done after your senior Mm -hmm. year at Rowan so you have you know the most fun you can you make the most of it while you're out there yeah, 100%. Um, like you said, you really got to just bond with those guys, you know. There's no no big media, no college game day, no you know big D1 college money into it, you know. It's just for the love of the game, really, and for the love of the guys you play with. And that's that's really what I, I love about it, you know. I mean, these are the guys you're going to have a relationship with uh, forever. And, you know, the guys you're going to be talking to when we're, when we're older with, you know, kids and in our life. So, you know, I'm really grateful to be a part of it and, you know, to have played here. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, it must be cool to establish those relationships, especially if you're able to keep them into further adulthood. That would be, you know, awesome stories just to tell your kids in general. So you mentioned, you know, you go you go to war with these guys. You love these guys. And uh, now it's time to exhibit some brotherly love. So for our final question today on the Rowan Sports Review, I want to ask you with Russell Wilson's meme just going viral over the summer, his let's ride meme Mm -hmm. and just his cringiness overall and his corniness. I have to ask you, if you had to choose, who is the corniest guy in the locker room or even the funniest guy in the <laughs> locker room that you would most compare to Russell Wilson this summer? Um, 
That's a tough one. Take I mean, your time. For, for funniest... Yeah, let's do both. We'll do funniest first, and then I'll go to, I guess, corny. For for funniest, honestly, I would honestly have to give it to James Fair. James Fair always has me cracking up. You know, he's, okay. a, he's a really funny guy, and uh, I just, I love being around him. You know, he's one of those guys that just always has everyone laughing. You know, he's a really good guy, so I would have to give it to Fair. Um, <laughs> that's tough. You know, I don't want to call anybody out, but... Uh, this is brotherly love. Yeah, you know you nah, guys are close. Uh, I would say, honestly... Sometimes, not always, not always. Maybe a defensive guy like uh, Trayvon Reed sometimes, you know, just, okay. but not in a bad way, you know, not a bad yeah. way. Just, you know, trying to throw jokes in there here, like in there, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes bad timing of jokes where it's yeah. just like, you know, it doesn't get the laughs maybe you're, yeah. you're looking for. That and you, can laugh, kinda, you laugh at the non laughs. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So, but I mean, it's all love, you know, I love everybody on the team, but you know, no, probably, yeah. probably him. I've been there quite a few times myself where it's just either like a corny dad joke that I didn't intend for it to be that. I don't know. It's just, I, yeah. I feel for the guys. So yeah. I had to ask that question with Russell Wilson kind of going viral this past summer. I know we had, John, not John Maldonado, Mike Husney do the let's ride meme after we yeah. win against Widener, and that kind of blew up a little bit yeah. on Twitter. So it was awesome to see that I thought I would keep the trend going. Well, John, seems like that's all the time we have for today. I don't want to take up any more of your time. You got to get to practice and prep for Salve Regina in week three. So I appreciate all of your time, and thanks for sitting down with me here at Rowan Radio today. Best of luck this season. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was really a, really a pleasure to be on the show. That really was a lot of fun interviewing John here at the WGLSFM studios today. Since the COVID era, us sports department members haven't really had the chance to interview a lot of athletes at the WGLSFM studios physically in person. A lot of Zoom interviews have been conducted over the span of these few years. But like I said, really a pleasure to have John here at the WGLSFM studios today and cool to give him a tour of the station. He seemed to really enjoy it. So that'll just about do it here for our first Rowan Sports Review of the semester. Once again, huge thanks to Chris Panner of Rowan Athletic Communications and John Maldonado, star wide receiver from Rowan University Football. The profs are 2-0 and heading in to their bye week. They'll face Salvia Regina for their first home game of the season next week. And as always, you can hear live coverage of that Salvia Regina game in every Rowan football game this semester right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM or online at rowanradio.com channel one. Thank you all for tuning in. Make sure you stay tuned here at Rowan Radio Sports for Rowan Sports Review episodes all semester long. Once again, thanks for tuning in and have a great weekend, everyone. You've been listening to the Rowan Sports Review on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Be sure to tune in next Friday at 4.30 p.m. right here on RowanRadio.com Channel 2 for more recaps, interviews, and previews of upcoming Rowan University games on your home for Rowan Prof Sports. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.